0: You're listening to the Simple Pin Podcast, Pinterest for business advice that goes down smooth and easy. Here's your host, Kate All. Hey, everyone, welcome to the Simple Pin Podcast. Today I'm talking with from Back to Her Roots. She is a girl living the dream on a small hobby farm in Southern Indiana. She blogs about cooking healthy food, playing in the garden, wrangling chickens, and enjoying the not always simple country life. I'm excited to talk with Cassie today about how she has maximized Amazon affiliate sales on her site. Because one of the things that I see over and over again is people not tapping into the potential for creating affiliate sales through their blog posts in a really, really natural way so that they can sell to the traffic that is coming from Pinterest or your regular readers. So with that being said, I'm really excited to introduce to you Cassie. So Cassie, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, thanks for having
0: me. You bet. We're so excited to talk with you. So let's start a little bit with your story. So how did you get to back to your roots? How did that pop
1: up? Well, I started blogging in 2010 and I started off as kind of a health and wellness, healthy living blogger. I was really just getting into the idea of learning how to cook good food for myself and learning how to really take care of myself. And I wanted a kind of a outlet to write about that. And so as I started to work on that, the things that really stuck out to me that I loved doing were recipe development and working with food and even growing it, gardening, taking pictures of it, writing about it. And I loved that. And so my blog kind of morphed into more about the food and it works because that was very back to my roots. You know, I I grew up in the kitchen with my mom and my dad, and I grew up in a garden in the middle of Southern Indiana, in the middle of nowhere, working in the garden, playing in the dirt with my mom and my dad. And so it was very much back to my roots to go back to cooking wholesome foods in my own kitchen and growing my own food on my own land. And it was very much going back to the way I lived as a child to kind of get back to the healthy me that I wanted to be.
0: I love that. You had that ideal childhood, right? Like you were dirty. It's so great. (laughs) That is what everybody longs for, right? Like we get our kids out and get them dirty. Exactly. I love it. So how long then have you been blogging?
1: I started in 2010, August of 2010.
0: August of 2010. Okay, so you're coming up upon six years. Yes. That's awesome. And were you always back to your roots?
1: I was. I started off as back to her roots. I registered everything. No one seemed to have that name. And I have gone ever since then. And I'm really glad I haven't had to rebrand. It's kind of worked for, you know, I've personally changed in six years, as I think everyone does. And yeah. it's really worked. It works for me then and it works for me now. So I love it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that is just amazing. Because there have been so many people who started off in one place and merged to another. So the fact that you were able to really keep consistent is huge. And it helps your readers kind of flow along with you as well. And that's one thing that maybe we should mention too. Do you have a pretty engaged readership, people who really kind of come and comment and hang out on your site pretty consistently?
1: You know, when I first started off as more of the healthy living, kind of showing what I was eating every day and what I did at the gym, it was very engaged. It was a lot of people who, you know, were cheering me on as I was, you know, training for a half marathon. They were right there with me. And then as I think Pinterest showed up and we all kind of transitioned to a little more of the one-off visitor and it kind of died down, you know, I would have posts that would go semi-viral on Pinterest, but I would get maybe one or two comments. But I really missed that engagement. I mean, that's why I started blogging, was to have this community of people, of like-minded people. Mm -hmm. And so in the past year, I've really tried to work on that. I've been very adamant about replying to every comment I get, really interacting with people on social media, and really making it about a community again. And it's been working for me. And I think the brands are really happy to see that again, too.
0: Yeah, I would agree. And I should mention, too, like your Pinterest page has been really fun to watch because You started when when did you start on Pinterest? Was it right away? Well, 2010, they were just starting. But were you an early adopter or kind of late?
1: I was I was a very early adopter, but more on the personal side. I was having fun pinning, you know, fun nail art and recipes I wanted to try and things like that. And it was a couple years into it that I started to really realize, oh, wait, this is going to be great for my blog.
0: Yeah. And you have had some explosive growth this year with some great posts. You want to talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. I've had, I kind of had an epiphany last year. I was trying to figure out what I was doing and what my goal was. And I started off my blog, you know, super self-serving as I think many of us do. I wanted to write about things that I wanted to talk about and talk to people who would say, yeah, you're awesome. That's great. And, you know, get that kind of (laughs) feedback every day. But then as you get bigger and you keep doing it for a long time, you start to think this isn't as fulfilling as it used to be. And so I started to think, what do I really want to do with this? And the question that now kind of guides all my decisions with my business is how can I be supremely helpful? And like, I want to be supremely helpful in every single thing I do. And so I've taken that to kind of apply to the content I put on my blog. And every single post I write is how can I be the most helpful on this topic? And I want someone to see it and think that's the information I need in one place. And what's, Been great about it is it's really turned into kind of a natural viral potential thing. Like people see these posts that I've put tons of hours into and really worked hard to give them a one stop shop and they appreciate it and they click on it and they share it and they click on my affiliate links and they comment on it. And I think it, me deciding to be supremely helpful has what made my Pinterest account and my Facebook account explode. Because people want that. People want great quality content. And that's what I'm focusing on.
0: They do. And I think really one thing that you said sticks out to me is that it wasn't something... You know, we hear these stories about people who spent, you know, five minutes on a post and it ends up going viral and it's crazy, but that's not the norm. But to do it consistently over and over again, you said, you know, I put hours into this post. I worked really hard to create it. And you're doing that over and over and over again. And for some that gets so exhausting. But is that key to long-term growth is to really invest in, like you said, the time, but also being helpful.
1: Right. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's a cliche to say content is king, but it really yeah. is. If you're not doing it, is. if you're not publishing great content, you're going to die. And, and, it's, and I think mm. for me, when I first started blogging, I've been doing this for a while. It was more about consistency and getting something out there all the time. You know, I was doing four, five to seven posts a week. It was like, get it out there, yeah. get it out there, be, you know, at the forefront of everyone's reader all the time. But then in the past few years it's really there's been so much noise of clickbait and spam and I think people just want really great content. And so I've stripped it down to do, I do one to two posts per week. Okay. And they take me probably five to ten hours to concept, write, recipe develop, photograph, edit my photos, and that's not even including the promotion part afterwards. And I really try to make sure that when I publish a post it is something that is going to be supremely helpful to at least one person, and I hope more than one person.
0: And you're really proud of it. You yes. love it. And it's and we. I should mention this too, because your photos and your topography that you put with your text overlays are amazing. Oh, I mean, they you. are something that I use as an example all the time, because I think you've done such a fantastic job. Thank you. At not only like honing in your craft, but really creating a very branded image that I know, you know, we've talked about this before too. Cassie has a, is it strawberry mint water? Yes. Is that what yes. it is? That, that photo, that photo has been stolen. How many times? Like I, can't I've come keep across track. Yeah. I know, which is a kind of a compliment, right? Like you have this amazing yeah. photo that people want to steal, but I know that's yours right away. Thankfully, because of how you've created your branded images. And I, I know somebody stole it right away. <laughs> Yeah. And one of those posts was very interesting back in December. It was the smoothie post. Was that it? You had created eight simple smoothies and everyone should go check this pin out and we'll leave a link in the show notes. It was one that Pinterest has picked up.
1: Yeah. It's, it was on their hundred for 2016. Is that what it was called? The, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was eight simple smoothies that you should know how to make. And that was one thing kind of related to how to be supremely helpful. One thing I realized I kind of, I pulled my audience and I started to realize that there are a lot more novice newbies to this whole healthy eating thing. than there are people that really know what's, you know, they, there aren't a lot of people that shop exclusively at Whole Foods. There are a lot of people who are new. You can afford it, it. right? (laughs) Exactly. I can't. There are a lot of people who are new to it. And I realized I was kind of missing that whole audience that there was And I was there, and I would have loved to have a great resource. And so I started to create these supremely helpful posts that were geared toward maybe a less educated audience in this specific arena, people who were new to it, who maybe had never made a smoothie before or didn't know that you could freeze a banana and it would make a smoothie creamy and delicious. Mm -hmm. And so I started to kind of craft these posts that would be useful to anyone, but I think were really targeted towards people who felt intimidated, you know, who would log into the normal healthy food blog and see chia seeds and kale and all these ingredients that they didn't know how to work with. And I really wanted to make it super accessible to them and show them that they could do this too, regardless of your budget, regardless of your time constraints, regardless of your kitchen knowledge, you could do this too. And that was the first post I tried it out on was that eight simple smoothies. And I did time it where it was coming out right around that December. I always call it like the December 17th slump when you're so sick of cookies, like and it's it's not quite Christmas yet, but you're so sick of it. You're ready just to eat like some vegetables. And so I timed it right around then and it went crazy and people loved it. And it really, I think, validated the idea that there are people who want helpful content that is geared towards not a super high level of knowledge of everything. And so I turned that one post into a series of posts, kind of the eight easy insert, whatever. And so I did overnight oats. I did infused waters. I had one that came out just yesterday about how to start juicing. Oh, Nice. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think you've seen that one yet. Yeah. They've been really super popular to me and they take forever to put together. I mean, they're not easy. It's one of those things where I basically take my planner and I mark off a whole day just for photography. And I mark off a whole day just for writing and ideation. And it's, They take forever, but people love them, and that's so super satisfying to have someone email you and say, you know, I've never been able to eat healthy, and I've never been able to make a smoothie, but I followed this recipe and it was delicious and I was able to feed it to my family and it's going to make me cry. Like that makes me so happy. Yeah,
0: no, that is really helpful. And it's also, I know I said this before, but I just love that you're saying like, it took you an entire day to create a post. Like it's not easy. It's something that is not going to, you know, five hours, boom, it's done but that you took such a specific amount of time to craft these, to continue to lead those people through a series of all these different posts. And the payoff is worth it, right? Absolutely. With those emails.
1: Yeah. And I think it's one of those things where it used to be that blogs were so much about chronological. Like, this is what I did today. This is what I'm doing the next day and things like that. And now with Pinterest, I think really changed change that is we have it so much is evergreen. And so if you have this evergreen piece of something out there in the world that anyone can stumble on at any time, thanks to Pinterest or Google or wherever, you want it to be the best it's going to be. I mean, you don't, Oprah might stumble upon that tomorrow. Like, do yes. you want it to
0: be awesome? <laughs> like, That's a really good point. I love so that.
1: Everything that you put out there should be
0: awesome. Yes. I love it. I really, really love it. And now let's lead into, so you had this explosive Pinterest growth. You went from like 9,000 followers to, I think you're almost at 40, aren't you? I like am you're almost pretty,
1: at 40.
0: Yeah, Very you're getting close. really close in just a short span of time. But beyond followers, your page views have greatly increased as well, which is really important for the next piece we're going to talk about, which is monetizing that traffic. And one of the things that I've watched you do really, really well in addition to creating these posts is create this revenue stream with Amazon. So let's take it back just a couple of steps. So when did you realize that not only could you be supremely helpful, but you could also open up affiliate sales with all this traffic? When did you realize it? And then how did you start to think about maximizing it, I guess?
1: Well, honestly, I, in general, for the vast majority of the time I've been blogging, I would say for the first four, four and a half years, I thought it was just going to be like this pocket change thing. I thought you had to be the biggest blogger in the world to make any sort of livable income. I just thought it wasn't possible. And so I didn't even try, really. I was just having fun. And so I did it. So I was making maybe, you know, this is back in 2012, 2013, I was making maybe $400 a month, you know, enough to pay for some groceries. And I was happy with it. And I was having fun. So then kind of life happened. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, um, I had a baby and I wasn't working. And then during my husband's paternity leave, he was laid off from his job. And so suddenly the only source of income we had was this blog that was making for her $500 a month. And I thought, okay, well, if there's any time to figure out how to do this, now's the time to figure it out. Yeah, It's go time. It's go time. Right. And nothing's more motivating than like seeing your bank account dwindle each month.
0: I know (laughs) we've been there. I understand that one.
1: I had been an Amazon affiliate member since the beginning of my blog and I had dropped a few links in and I was making maybe 15, 20 bucks a month, you know, a little bit of pocket change. But so, like I said, I had my daughter in the summer of 2014 and the first post that really made me think, oh, Amazon could be something that's a strong source of income for me. was, I did three months after she was born, I did a newborn gear recommendations post I don't know how many people know this, but when you register for like a baby, like your baby registry, it's super overwhelming. It's (laughs) it's like, here are 400 different kinds of strollers. (laughs) Which one are you going to pick? And so I just made a list of the top like nine items that we loved in those first three months. And it was really genuine. It was like, these are the things that are making it like, I can get through life because of this thing. And it was kind of an afterthought that I threw in the affiliate links. And that post went semi-viral on Pinterest. And in that first 30 days, I made almost $150 in Amazon affiliates. Oh,
0: I bet you are so excited.
1: Well, I was totally shocked. I, I hadn't even yeah. checked my Amazon affiliates reports in weeks. And I logged in and I was like, whoa, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of clicked with me that there is a way to, I think I thought before that it was kind of smarmy to kind of, you know, uh,
0: yes. make money
1: off of this. But mm-hmm. I realized there's a way to do it in an authentic way. It still makes you money and that it's still being supremely helpful to your readers. And so that's definitely when the light bulb popped on. Awesome.
0: So then after that, did you start to come up with a system? Like you always added in a certain type of Amazon link, or what would you link to in a recipe post? Were you just linking to a product that they used in the post or a tool, or how did that start clicking for you as far as food?
1: Well, the first thing I did was I started to, I mean, this is what I try to always do is I tried to listen to my readers. And the reason that newborn product post came up was because so many people were asking me for it. So I got emails and Facebook saying, could you please tell me what cloth diapers you're using or something like that? And so I created the post. And so once I had that ear tuned to listen to, other kinds of Amazon possible products that people were asking me to recommend, then it became really easy. So like I would go back and see a slow cooker soup recipe that I posted. And there were five to 10 comments that are like, what slow cooker do you recommend? Do you love your slow cooker? Uh, And so it started my readers asking for my influential recommendation is what really started to inform where I linked up. mm -hmm. It made sense. I mean, they want a recommendation of someone they trust and they trust me and so why not give them what they want and make money at the same time? Right.
0: And I don't know if this, is, this might be giving away your secret sauce. I'm not quite sure. But one of the things I think you did, which was really cool, that maybe you can tell us a little bit more about, was you had a plugin created yes. for you. So can you talk a little bit about that?
1: It's actually, the plugin is called Amazon Simple Admin. And it's all one word. And out of the box, you connect your Amazon Associates account with it. And then you can easily just plop whatever the Amazon product number for that item, which you can find on the Amazon info page for that item, into the plugin, and then it automatically spits out you know, a link with your affiliate info and a picture and things like that into your blog post. And what I had customized was I had a developer customize the coding for the plugin to make it look like it's part of my recipe widget thing. And so at the bottom of, I'm still working on getting it on all my recipes, but many of my recipes, there'll be the recipe and then it'll say, products recommended for this recipe. And then there'll be four items that I recommend to use. And sometimes it's a slow cooker or another product, but sometimes it's food because I mean, I live out in the middle of nowhere. And so Amazon prime is a lot of times a lot faster to get something to my house than it is for me to actually make a drive out. to That's <laughs> a great point. I didn't even think about that. And so I probably order through Amazon prime two to three times a week. And so like I order food all the time from Amazon prime. And so I really wanted to give people and show them what I'm using in these different recipes. And for me, I think I personally, I use Amazon, the Amazon pages when I'm doing my personal shopping as an info place, even if I'm not going to buy, like say a new camera, even if I'm not going to buy it through Amazon, I still check Amazon. I go and look at the reviews and I check the pictures and things like that. And ask, look at the questions people have asked. I think people use Amazon more than just as a shop. And that is how, You get people to get into Amazon is people use it to get the information about the product, even if they're not necessarily going to buy from them. And the great way that Amazon works is then you have a cookie set up for 24 hours. So if they do end up buying anything from your link, you get a kickback. So.
0: Which is kind of entertaining, I should say. (laughs) You will discover that people buy some really funny things through your link. So there's a little added
1: bonus of humor. Well, and I will say that you can't see who bought what. You You cannot see
0: who, correct. Yes. Yeah, so never fear anyone. No one's going to see what you buy.
1: We just get a straight list of the items that are bought. No association of town or IP address, nothing. nothing. We
0: have no idea. Yep, no idea. We just know that someone somewhere bought something and bought it
1: for this price. And that was it. So it's a pretty funny thing. You made a really good point that everyone shops through Amazon and everyone buys a lot of things through Amazon. So, I mean, people buy treadmills. I've had someone buy a treadmill from my <laughs> Amazon affiliate. They do. Like, And
0: TVs right. and really big
1: ticket items. And 4 to 6% sounds like nothing until it's a $2,000 item. And then it's not nothing.
0: Yeah. And those four to six percenters
1: really add up over time. Right. And so your whole goal is to get someone into Amazon through your link. So in an ideal world, they would buy what you're recommending because you're recommending an authentic thing that you love. But they're probably going to buy something else anyway. So you might as well get the kickback at the same time.
0: Agreed. So when did you add the plugin to your site?
1: I added that two years ago. And
0: what type of growth did you see as a result?
1: I didn't see a huge amount. See, it's kind of hard for me to tell because right around that same time I implemented a, like you were talking about before, I decided me and my assistant are going through each of my posts and adding a minimum of three affiliate links in the organic copy. Okay. And so kind of at that time, my whole Amazon affiliate strategy stepped up a level. And so it's hard to kind of separate out what that plugin did for me. Okay. I'm now up to averaging, I average about $1,000 a month in affiliate. From Amazon alone. Okay. And that's up from 15 or 20 bucks two years ago. So I'm pretty yes. happy. With it.
0: <laughs> that's pretty good passive income, right? Just right. And sitting there. Mm-hmm. Yep. So let me pull out a little bit what you said about your strategy. You came up with a strategy for you and your assistant. And you said you would add three affiliate links to each post.
1: Well, and that's what we try to do. I mean, I think obviously sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes we can't fit them in there and we want to be authentic and as Mm -hmm. organic as possible. But I've been blogging for six years and I really didn't know what I was doing for the first four as does everybody else. Right. (laughs) And so I'll go back and read it and I'll be like, and there'll be a sentence where I say, I'm reading this book right now and I absolutely love it. And I want you guys to all read it too, but I don't link to anything. And it's like, that can't, you can't get more organic than that. I was reading that book at that point and I loved it. Of course, I want to link to people to buy it. And so there's a lot of examples of that where I can go back and add them in. And I even miss things now where I'll be writing out a slow cooker post and forget that I haven't linked up my slow cooker because sometimes I think everyone has read every post I've ever written and think, oh, well, they already know what slow cooker I have,
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's also a really great point that I hear a lot of people say that they don't want to republish something. And you can only republish if you don't have dates in your URL. But we get in this mode that like, well, everybody's already read it, or everybody's already seen it. So I don't want to talk about it again. Yeah, but...
1: Even if they've already seen it, the chances that they forgot it are super high or the chances that they forgot about it and are excited that you're going to remind them about it is super high. No, I've never had someone that's like, oh, I can't believe you're writing about this again. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
0: And it's important to note that if you get a lot of Pinterest traffic, we know that Pinterest traffic is very bouncy. It's hard to get them to be loyal readers. So for them landing on this post, it could be the very first time they're hearing about it.
1: Right. Exactly. And so we have to
0: take that into consideration. So somebody's just starting out with affiliates. They are confused. They don't know where to begin. And let's say they are going to start with Amazon. What are some good tips for them or things that really helped you?
1: Well, I think the first thing that they need to do is disclose and explain. One of the things that I've realized in this whole monetization journey is that your readers want you to succeed and they want you to be able to feed your kids. Like they don't, mm. they don't want you to not make money, but they don't like it when you're shady about it. Like they want transparency. And so if you are using affiliate links, you need to have a disclaimer on your blog somewhere, hopefully pretty prominent that says, I say I'm using these affiliate links and these are a great way to give back to your favorite blogger without any impact on you. And most people are like, sweet, I would love to click your affiliate link because it's my way of paying you for this great content.
0: Do you add that in every single time? Or is that something that is like in a template or something?
1: That's actually in my sidebar. I have a whole sidebar widget that's dedicated to an affiliate disclaimer. And so it it. shows up on every post. I'm actually working on a redesign that's coming up in late summer. And I'm thinking about adding it to just the templates where it's on each post just to make it a little more clear that it's there. I think people just really appreciate the transparency. Yes, agreed. Okay, number two. It's important to remember that your readers want your recommendations. Like they want to buy the things that you love. You're an influencer, even if you don't like that title. Like you're influencing purchasing decisions. Embrace it, like own it up. Like own it that you're making these statements and people are using their money to buy those things. And so really think about that when you are crafting your post. Okay, I can... Influence this person to do something, what do I want them to do from this? And mm. part of that can be an affiliate link.
0: Yeah, that's a good point because you often forget that we have that influence. And you're right, people don't always like the term. But I love to buy from people that I've followed for a long time and I love to buy their recommendations because I've grown to trust them. Right. I trust what they're saying. And so if someone's going to, a fashion blogger or a recipe blogger or whatever is going to tell me, I really love this shirt. I'm going to probably buy that shirt.
1: And I think on the flip side of that, you have to really make sure that your recommendations are authentic because how terrible would you feel if someone went out and spent their hard earned money on something that you actually didn't love that much, but you were just recommending it because you wanted to make some money. Yeah, These are real people's lives that you're messing with here. So you might as well be as authentic as possible.
0: Yeah. So true. So true.
1: Any other tips? I think my biggest thing that works for me is to really kind of blanket my blog with links. And that sounds like kind of shady, but <laughs> I mean, in the most authentic way possible, pretty much every page you land on my blog, there's going to be an affiliate link of some sort. And I have a page that is all about my favorite pantry items, like the, the whole wheat flour. I like to use the olive oil. I like all affiliate links. I have a page that is my favorite books on homesteading and cooking, all affiliate links. My About page, I think, even has some affiliate links in it. You want to try to cast the widest net possible to collect those cookies. So people, when they buy something on Amazon, they're buying through your affiliate link. And I really think that's the strategy that works if you want to make Amazon affiliates work for you, is to cast the widest net.
0: Yeah. And those pages, too, a lot of people forget that you can put... Pinable images on those pages and pin those pretty consistently into your strategy because that's a part of your wide net. And so why not create a graphic that says my 10 top favorite pantry items or whatever it might be, because someone might really be curious about that, especially, you know, what you said in the beginning about appealing to that new, healthy, living type person. Those type of posts of the eight staples or whatever is really, really good example. Absolutely of how to maximize that. So I'm wondering too, um, do you do any other affiliates other than Amazon?
1: I do. I do some small affiliates like through my host. My hosting company has a pretty good affiliate program. I actually go through two different hosting companies, one that I recommend for beginning bloggers who don't want to invest a lot of money and one who I recommend for people who are going to invest a little more money. I do a few, mostly they're blogger related things. So if I have a blogging resources page so if someone wants to start blogging that's how they get to it. But other than that I really found I mean I'm sure a lot of the people listening have gotten just inundated with join our affiliate program join our affiliate program and it's just it's too much like I just can't, I can't mm-hmm. handle it all. I can't remember to put all the links in and so if I was connecting with a company that I really believed in and really felt like I could on a consistent basis send traffic their way then I would sign up for it. But other than my hosting company and my Amazon affiliates, I don't really sign up for many other affiliate groups.
0: Okay. Well, and I know we should mention too that there are some states that exclude the use of Amazon. Like you can't actually be an Amazon affiliate. So if you are in one of those states, I would take Cassie's advice and really figure out what affiliate companies or affiliate products you really love to promote, and just go with that. It doesn't have to be this really wide net of every affiliate company under the sun, but it has to be one that you're comfortable with using, and you support, and you like their products. So I would say that's my advice for someone who's not able to be an Amazon affiliate. So would you say there's any pitfalls for those who can, who are Amazon affiliates? Would there be any pitfall for relying on that income?
1: I think in general, my philosophy with blog income is the more diverse you are, the better, because, you know, we're kind of in a unique situation where the vast majority of our income relies on someone else's business not failing or them not deciding to make a change. And so, I mean, the truth is, is tomorrow Amazon could get a new board of directors and decide they're going to do away with the Amazon affiliates program. And that's gone. And I mean, like you said, it has happened to people. I mean, the tax laws yep. changed, and Amazon pulled out of a bunch of different states. And there were people who were making their income through Amazon yeah, who suddenly didn't a lot have that anymore of money. Yeah, right. And so it's just I think you can use it as a part of your portfolio, but really relying on any one source when it comes to this profession, I think, is a dangerous road to follow. Correct.
0: Yeah, I would affirm that for sure. And to try to diversify and figure out where else you're going to get the income from. This is good. These are a lot of great tips. Not only just with, you know, we talked in the beginning about being supremely helpful with our content. Then we talked about how to monetize that revenue stream, you know, how to open up that revenue stream and how to start monetizing that traffic. And then those tips, which were really awesome as well. Is there any last piece of advice that you might have for anybody who? Maybe they have a ton of Pinterest traffic and they don't even really know what to do with it. Is there any advice you have for them either in content creation or in monetization?
1: Well, I think when it comes to a viral post, if it's viral on Pinterest or wherever, I think the first thing you should do when you see a post going viral is to go in and make sure it's the best content it could be. Because when something goes viral, the chances of Oprah seeing it are much higher. (laughs) (laughs) I love that example. It's so awesome. And so you want to go in and make sure you have affiliate links because the chances of someone clicking on one, much higher. You want to go in and make sure your Pinterest graphics are top-notch. You want to go in and make sure there's not any typos. You want to make sure that there's no like outdated references. You just want to make sure it's the best work you can put out there. And I think... For me, what it ends up being is that I actually look at what's coming in each month and I make a priority. Like I see these 10 posts are super popular this month. It's time to clean them up. Time to make them great. And then I'll do it again next month. And it changes every month. It's all seasonal. And so by the time you get through a year, you've got a cleaned up blog on you know 120 of your own posts. And that's a ton of content that's in great shape.
0: Yeah, that's so true. And it's bite size. It's not I'm going to tackle 200 posts it's 10 or whatever. And because people get super overwhelmed when they think about updating content. Right. So it's really good that you're tackling it in that small little amount. So where can people go to find out more about what you're doing to see how you've customized everything and to follow your amazing graphics on Pinterest?
1: Well, you can find me at back to her That's all one word. And then I have back to her roots on all the social media channels. I got really lucky there. So Twitter, yeah. Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Snapchat, just back to her roots, all one word. You can find me there. And I actually just started a back to her roots kind of VIP Facebook group, private Facebook group that I'm really using to get you know, feedback from people who I trust and really want to interact with. So I would love it if people would join and come in and I'm sharing behind the scenes stuff and asking questions, kind of using it as my steering committee, you know, kind of getting feedback from the masses. So I would love it. And you can find that facebook.com groups slash back to her roots.
0: That's genius. Cassie, great job on that. Really trying to get some good market research and connecting with your audience. So fantastic idea. I would definitely recommend all of that for Cassie. I think she's got some great ideas and some great tips for what she's doing. And also not even just to see what she's doing as far as business, but I think Cassie's blog is a great read, especially if you are a person who is just diving into the healthy eating thing like we talked about, but just it's relatable. It's just a great blog. So I would just encourage people just to read it for enjoyment, even if you're not going to read it for business building ideas. So thank you. Well, Cassie, thanks so much for your time. And we really appreciate everything that you had to share today. And I look forward to people following you on your blog. Thank you monetizing pinterest traffic is always a big question but cassie shared with us that it goes so much deeper than just dropping a simple affiliate link it's about creating a really helpful blog post and figuring out ways to share the products that you love with the hopes of people purchasing them you can find all the information and links that we talked about in the show at simplepinmedia.com slash seven As always, I would love for you to leave a review for me in iTunes and let me know how much you love the show.